Three very unimportant little people were doing the best they could with an idea, and that's about all they had. To the Portland Timbers! What a moment! He says hello to Portland! What's up, everybody, and welcome to another scorching hot edition of Hot Guys Talk Soccer. We are live from beautiful Northeast Portland, kicking it in the Thompson house. My name is Luis, and I got the other two hottest dudes on the planet here with me, Mike and Leck. Guys, what's up? Oh, hey. Hi. Hi. And we're all looking hotter because we are tan. Portland has been nice for the last few days, so we all... Already had really good uh, complexions and our dime pieces anyway, but we're feeling extra hot today. And we're glad to be back. Liter- literally. Yeah. Truthfully. It, it was quite warm. We're glad to be back because the Timbers over the last couple games have been back to winning ways. So we're pumped about that and excited to come here and talk to you guys about it. So guys, it was bad, and then it got a little better, and then it looked like it was going to be good, and then it was bad, and then the last couple games, it's been good-ish, and last week was really good, so. What a summary. What? (laughs) Did I nail it? I think you nailed it. That was, uh, I can recall vividly every step of the process. Mm -hmm. So what's been gooder about it so far? We got, uh, two weeks ago, we had Minnesota come into town, and the, you know, the rising, what is it? The what's the saying? The tide that raises ships. Uh, oh, the rising, <laughs> a rising tide raises all ships. Yes, yes, that's it. And that's Minnesota, and we were the benefactors of that. And then last week, we probably played or definitely played our best game to date of the season, and took a three-zero win over league-leading NYFC. Um, so what's up, NYCFC? I think we just won the MLS Cup, right? (laughs) Pretty much. I think, uh, I mean, that's up there, short season so far, but uh, beating NYCFC, even though it was at home, and I think they had a couple uh, lineup personnel changes that did not serve them well, um, has to be one of the best wins of the season. Uh, Well, we've only had two. From, uh, oh, in MLS so far. Oh, in general. Uh, In general. Where they were top of the league, uh, you know, through six or seven games. It's not a big sample size, but they've been looking very, very, very good. Uh, Davavia's out there. Um, a lot of their good players, they don't have a ton of injuries. I think, uh, you know, they brought Yanhel Herrera off the bench, uh, which I don't understand where that decision was made or why, but, um, you know, they had the players available, didn't all play all of them. Uh, and are a very, very strong team. And, of course, it's at home, so you have a bit of an advantage there. Uh, but so You I don't think, think some of these choices that Patrick Vieira made are going to get him the job at Arsenal? We'll see. We'll see. I, uh, I'm leaving that one open. Um, yeah, we... So, did you guys see that... What was the stat after the game? It's pretty crazy. So, New York completed like a wild amount of passes like 91 percent out of like 780 some attempted which was like one of the maybe top five of mls ever in both stats um, yeah they had 75 percent possession and it was the uh you know you can flip it either way so either the timbers had the lowest possession in a win or a shutout since they started tracking in 2010 but that's fucking crazy Across all of MLS. Is... Yeah, that's a that's a wild stat. 25%. Like, you hear about possession more and more these days. You hear, you know, uh, the teams that have possession. It's it's mildly correlated with uh, success. But you don't... And you don't hear, like, 25%. Like, 40% no, is yeah. low. It's it rare. wasn't so drastic in the first half, mm-hmm. either. No, they definitely had more. We definitely sat back a little bit more. Which even we, we were can, kind which of we ready. can do at home when they're defending right. against the army up two goals and have the ability to counterattack. Our counterattack's been okay all season, but now it's being supplemented by some actual good soccer through the midfield and like systematic attack. Yeah. Um, so our defense is, you know, like we don't need to dominate a whole game, but we're obviously a little better at holding a lead at home. 
so far we've been definitely, even though we had a little bit of a scare last week. This is definitely the most comprehensive performance that we've seen defensively. And even though we didn't have a lot of the ball, we were lethal with it. And we were, we even Blanco missed a couple golden chances really early on. So easily, you know, one of those games, they could have had one, maybe, I'd say, you know, one expected goal if they they were going to break it down like that. We could have had four or five. Um, but we were creating chances early on. Blanco had a couple. He had one fall. But so what was, I don't know, I guess if you had to maybe get even like a little more specific, what what were we executing well? And why were we able to give them so much trouble while having so little of the ball, you think? Because we... We've rarely played. That might be the least we've had the ball ever at home. Yeah. As far as I can remember. I think we were disciplined. Uh, we had an interesting lineup uh, tweak, which was Flores, Andres Flores, uh, playing outside um, uh, across from Blanco, I believe. And he was, you know, just positionally sound. And I think everybody, uh, you know, I believe Chara is the answer to all things. Uh, positive about the Timbers. It's definitely the answer to my prayers. Yeah. Um, he's like, uh, you know, something like, he's like prunes. He really gums up things in the middle. Um, Trims the hedges. And, uh, yeah, well, we don't have to get too deep oh, into different that. Pruning. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, analogy. But um, just having Chara out there, Paredes played extremely well. Uh, but everybody, I mean, it's like you go through the whole lineup and everybody was super positionally sound. We didn't give them anything uh, in the 18-yard box in zone 14. They uh, drew kind of a line in the sand a little bit above where you can create danger, and they didn't let them cross it at any point in the game. The, New York was bringing their center backs super high up. Um, you know That was called out in, um, I think, Reifer's article on Stumptown Footy, mm-hmm. where Kyenz is you know, playing almost as a uh, central midfielder. And we made him uh, pay for it a few times. And we made sure. him pay for it, for it. And and I think we just were extremely disciplined. And Our old every- boy Rodney gave us the ball a couple times, too, in very opportune places for us. Yeah. Thank you. Missed him till I saw him play. I was like, <laughs> maybe I don't miss you as much as I thought I missed you. Speaking of how well Parade has played, I guess, so what do you think, Micah? Do you think that if you had to take right now peak Guzman or even though we've only had a small sample from Paredes, but that was probably his best game, or peak Paredes, because Guzman looked like he was healthy. Who would you, what do you think? Would you rather have Guzman, or do we keep rolling with young Chris Dong? I'd say Paredes. Paredes, yeah. There's... Kid's kind of a baller. He's just stepped in pretty seamlessly, uh, and there's a lot to like about what he does, and a lot to understand about the faults he makes, some of which Guzman, he shares with. Uh... I don't know. I could take it or leave it, really. Like, if it's not the most important positional debate, like, to me, it's that, you know, like, positional issue with, to me is that center back. Right. Um, I think that Paredes and Guzman are both fine options. But I, I'd prefer to do Guzman just to build him up and see how good he can become. Because he's young, and he has a lot of qualities that Guzman doesn't. That I really. You, I think you said Guzman, but you meant Paredes just now. Of, of him being young. And, and yes, Paredes. I go for Paredes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's super high ceiling. He's, uh, what, he's 19. Kid is kind of, like, he's a baller, and he's he is definitely down to put in the work, and he's a wily little fucker, for sure. He's all over the pitch. But if you don't think that that's the most, like, important positional debate, I mean, do you think that Riggi, I mean, maybe it's obvious, but what... How much of a role do you think that played in us looking kind of more solidified than ever? Yeah, well, I, d- or I d- at least more solidified this year. I know? didn't mean to call it a debate so much. Uh, As in, you it's know, it's just a sort of a pressing issue, right? Right. To sort out what's going on at our center back. You're saying you, yeah, it's not whether Christian Paredes or Guzman's both playing well. That's good, but it's more pressing. Added. Yeah, I guess I would say center back is more pressing. I thought I was happy to see Riggi back and mm-hmm. playing pretty well. I didn't think there were any huge lapses, but... Oh, he was excellent, I thought. He yeah. kind of made Dia I mean, disappear a little bit. Yeah, and Larry's was good, too. Uh, was that his first goal? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Go, Larry's. So, yeah, I mean... I, but I really don't know how... You know, the the question with him is... 
is what's the normal game going to be? Is it going to be a ge- the game on the road against New York or the game at home against New York City? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's the thing. When he wants to show up, he's good. And it, I don't know. Maybe that's just what it's going to continue to be. So is it just kind of one of those things that if Rigi shows up, then yeah, that's what we want. But who knows if he's going to? So Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, <laughs> it's Bill, kind of like Bill's looking... We we've, may have talked about this before. Well, and Bill's looks good and, like, interesting, but don't know if he's what we would want, you know, to really be a good team for a starting center back right now. So I think that's a an interesting spot that we have to sort of sort out. Definitely. And at some point, uh, sorry, but uh, Cascante is going to get a run at some that's point, so we'll true, see what he too. does. And that's someone that I guess we have high hope for, too, that we haven't even got to see that's yet. That's a good point. Kind of deeper than ever. I forgot about him. Yeah, if, if Ridgewell, <laughs> yeah, well, he's gotten seven minutes all year. <laughs> he's been getting some T2, T2 minutes. Uh, but yeah, if Ridgewell is healthy and plugged in, he's shown he's a great player, uh, has an extremely positive impact on the team. Uh, you know, not to the level of Achara, uh, but definitely uh, when he's bought in and, and healthy, he's uh, a clear, huge uh, positive for the team. I think Dewey Loma is interesting because he's kind of a high-variance player. You know, he's, he has a header goal off a corner this year. Um, and I think he had three of those in, in under 20 games last year for T2. So he's got that in his arsenal. That's pretty good for a center back. Isn't he a center mid? He he's, uh, started or he like was initially uh, brought in as a central defensive midfielder. Uh, give him a shot there, too. Could be interesting, definitely. Um He's he's shown yeah, that throw him. <laughs> throw him in there. Just throw him, him out there. Him and Paredes, <laughs> yeah, youth movement. But yeah, I think Paredes and Chara. He he got uh, um, obviously he had the own Four goal, C, which yeah. I think was unfortunate. But then I think he got exposed pretty badly on that Dwyer goal when he turned him in the box. So uh, it's just more variance with him than with a Ridgewell. Yeah, uh, yeah. For when Ridgewell's trying, I guess it, you know, I guess it just is what it is. Like when Ridgewell does play, he seems like he is our best center back, but it's really hard to tell how distracted he is by his board shorts, by what Stickman brewing or anything at any sort of given time. Life on the lake. Yeah. And, uh, so I didn't really watch his post game interview, but did you guys catch one of this? So I guess Jamie Goldberg and, uh, Chris Reifert kind of, they'd done like a little four minute interview with him after the game. And they were both pretty convinced that when they asked him if he was back in the lineup because he had earned it in practice or if it was more due to Tuiloma's absence, he kind of was like, I feel like it's more just because Bill is hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and But he wasn't really – and every other – he was asked really direct questions and he was answering them like pretty uh, – mm-hmm. honestly, but he did say – he's just like, yeah, he says, you know, I think it's kind of the worst – time I've had in my Timbers tenure so far. I got benched and obviously, you know, Gio's doing what he thinks is best for the team and I'm delighted to be starting today. So nothing really seemed disrespectful, but when they asked him that, they were just like, so, you think it's because of your hard work? He was like, not really. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, that's good. Sorry, I think that's a good professional answer. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, though. It's kind of weird. Um, it was a, It was very surprising I when he came out he was out, like first out uh, on the field for warmups, and I thought it was just because like he wanted to get his warm up in early so that he could go and like sit down and just rest for the rest of the game early, and, yeah. or like wasn't playing at all. You know sometimes they bring out like the second third string keeper, yeah, just to like hang out and like take shots. I thought that's why he was out there, and then oh yeah, that's slightly that's that's it is definitely slightly awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else I thought was awkward. Now that we're talking about lineup changes and everything, it's a nice segue. I felt weird, and I don't know. I think I told Mike, and I'm not sure if he shared my sentiment, but when we were doing the log raise, and I could just clearly see Jake Gleason just, like, right there, you know. And then <laughs> Jeff is just right there raising the log, and everybody in the army is just like, Jeff, 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 <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. And I, I even looked at Mike, I was like, I feel awkward right now. Just because I feel like Gleason was just looking, like, almost right at us. And they're professional. Obviously, they've had swapping in that position anyway, and that's just the nature of soccer. But for whatever reason, in that situation, I felt awkward about it. And Jeff played well, and I was still chanting Jeff, but I was looking at Cleason, yeah, and I he, felt weird. Jake looked... He just looked upset. <laughs> Not upset, <laughs> was, but like... 
like he knew he knew that I feel like yeah (laughs) I feel like he squeezed his Gatorade bottle like tighter than usual as he took a drink fuck (laughs) Uh, were you at the last game where were you were you there yeah oh yeah no I saw you beforehand did you sense that at all or no and what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I had to thing? I had to run out um, during the log raising ceremony, so I missed that. Mm. What, what, but, were you, oh. what were you doing that was more important than? I went to sleep uh, immediately. I was very tired, and then I got <laughs> woken up by some kids doing a, a food uh, a hunger fundraiser thing, <laughs> um, food drive. So it wasn't worth it. And <laughs> no, no. But they got some food out of it, so... Did you wake up at a soup kitchen? How'd, how'd this happen? Yeah, I was... I just fell asleep right there. <laughs> um, but I, the... Nicest box Gleason, on the block. Gleason to Anella was surprising to me. Not as much, because, you know, they um, have been swapping back and forth, as you said. And I don't think Gleason has been standing on his head or really, um, you know, making a claim, staking a claim to the starting goalkeeper position... Uh, over the course of the beginning of the season, all the games he's played, so maybe slightly below average. Slightly below average. Uh, did you see they had uh, this tableau? You know, like the visualization, data vis- visualization thing. I should send this to you guys um, of all the MLS goalkeepers and their ability to stop shots, uh, and it showed kind of like the volume they get in any area in the goal and how well they stop relative to other goal, goalies. Uh, right. Uh, this is, you know, color-coded and then, like, the size of the circle. Um, I'm colorblind. Uh, well, regardless, um, the what was interesting to me is Gleason and Anella were pretty much uh, equivalent. There wasn't a big difference between the two of them. Um, so I think... More of a distribution thing? Yeah, there's maybe. distribution, there's command of the box, there are com- kind of some, like, intangibles, not uh, quite as um, measurable. Uh, as a matter of fact, I remember... More than distribution, the ability to just, like, make your defenders calm and know that they can come back to you or that they don't have to worry about what you're going to do with the ball and put them under pressure when they're trying to push their line up the field. I also remember you saying, like, maybe, like, 65 minutes into the game, you leaned over, you're just like, have you noticed that we haven't kicked a single goal kick out of bounds (laughs) (laughs) all all day today yet? It's unfortunate unfortunate when you have to point that out, but that is very true. And and really, uh, I think, like, what I notice when Atanella plays is he's just so much more decisive with his movements coming out of the box or, like, coming out to a ball. And it's just something where it's, like, that's like a goalkeeper who has been through it and knows I just have to always be, you know, even if it's a slow roller that's rolling up to me and there aren't that many people close to me, like I'm going to go out and like swallow that ball up and not worry about like, that's what you're going like, to roll to me. No, that's what Atanella, how Atanella plays. Uh, he plays with that kind of like veteran savvy um, of, he was the understudy for the best, my friend. He Probably. was, he was, they made a verb after him. Ramandoed. But I don't I don't think that Gleason is done in Portland or, you know, not that that's part of the conversation, but uh, he's still young for a goalkeeper. Yes, he is. Um, even though it's early in the season, I guess we've had a big enough sample size now, at least with two home games, that makes things a little bit less skewed, even though, you know, we've obviously played five on the road. I guess let's just do maybe... A comprehensive uh, overview of what we think about Gio so far. Or, uh, you know, what would his early season report card be from you guys if you had to give him a grade? And why? Because it's, 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 you know how soccer is, it's so temperamental. If we would have given up that third goal somehow against Minnesota, it would have looked different. And if we would have not given up that, cra- or if we weren't robbed of that goal in Orlando, it could look different. So soccer is a game of very, you know, it's very, very temperamental. So with all that in mind, what do you guys think of Gio so far? I need uh, to explain to our listeners that soccer is very temper. It's very, very touchy. Yeah. No, I mean, what? <laughs> you know, yeah, you know what I'm trying sure. to say, though. I'm just going to say passing grade. No question about it. 
I don't think that he's proven he's the best hire out that we had out there. And I don't think he's proven that he's, you know, not worth the hire at, at this point. I think it's too early to come to any conclusion like that. And I think that from a football standpoint, I'm happy with what he's been doing. He's adapted well enough to sort of getting his own, like, tactics thrown right back, you know. <laughs> like, we just got smashed in only the second game That is how quickly someone figured it out. Um, or at least took a, took advantage of it. So I don't know. For sure, passing grade. I think we'll be getting better and better as the season goes on. We got a lot of young players that have been getting minutes, uh, and they'll either get better or well. I have a feeling we might sign a player or two. I agree with Micah. Uh, I think if you say, you know, how's Geo doing versus the average coach in MLS with this same roster, then I would say he's doing exactly the same as the average coach in MLS. So it's a pass. Uh, there's still a lot of season remaining. Um, so he hasn't completely shot the bed. Hasn't really uh, done anything that I thought was... Or he's only uh, shot the bed a little bit. <laughs> shot the bed one time. It was He sharted, he sharted the bed. Uh, thought it was gas- gaseous and gambled on a fart and uh, maybe and, lost and lost but recovered well <laughs> and you know I thought right in the I haven't seen anything where I said okay this guy's a savant uh, tactically formation wise I think the Christmas tree has been interesting and we talked about that a little bit before that that's something that you don't see very often and turned out to be very effective uh, I think you know it coincided with the return of uh, Diego Chara, and that's always uh, what, I, what I tie, tie everything back to. Um, so, yeah, he he's passed so far, hasn't uh, really excelled. You're not wooed completely. I am definitely, uh, given that you know the expectations were so high, I'm I'm disappointed, like for sure. Like I thought. You know, he was sold as like basically a coaching savant, and was gonna come in with a like a roster really? that won the West last year. Yeah, who sold you that? You know, whoever is talking. You know, Gavin Wilkinson, Merrick Paulson, <laughs> whoever's <laughs> writing like the Timbers like press releases. They're obviously gonna be positive about it, but oh, well. definitely. I mean, it seemed like more than anything too. He was known to be somebody who's like really, really likable. But, I mean, what can the expectations really be when you're coaching for a lower division in America and you have a bigger budget than anybody else in that league? But he was, I mean, he was sold, yeah, he was sold that he, this guy's going to come here and be successful a lot of way. A lot of people were really high on him. A lot of the MLS staff, a lot of the Stumptown footy staff, too. But that came with a caveat that, like, he's never proven it. And so you've got to kind of well, rein in your expectations, and right? And think about this. I mean, he may have... His skill may be more like, and I hate to say it, but like a Jurgen Klinsmann. <laughs> no! Like, like, a, like a talent scout, you know, like an elite talent scout and draw. He can get good players who, you know, in places that we didn't have access to or a foot on, you know, a foot in the door. Uh, and he's already shown that with, I feel like, I mean... I guess I don't know if any of the players who we brought in were players that he helped identify. You got to think that uh, who Flores, Flores? Yeah, besides Flores, because uh, he came from the Cosmos. But um, I have a feeling that he'll he'll have a, a hand in some good good little transfers for us too, which will prove to his worth. I think it also he they've talked a little bit about um, like Paredes. And I read an article, Paredes and uh, Farfan are best friends because they're, you know, 19 years old and they both speak Spanish. And, and I think that's... No, they use, like, the Snapchat and the... They love mm-hmm. Snapchat and whatever. The, there's some new... They selfies scrum- with the little dog noses on, on them. Scramble. Yeah. Uh, but I the think Torsler. that... For those younger players that are coming into MLS or, you know, they don't necessarily have to be young, but 
uh, Spanish is their first language. Like that, the, a couple like media mentions have talked about how you know he speaks four languages, but especially with the Spanish players, um, or I think Italian and whatever the other Portuguese language, Portuguese. Like they're coming in and uh, he can kind of run a practice in whatever mm-hmm. language is necessary. So that's definitely a positive and, and speaks to that. But so far, you know, results, if you told me at the beginning of the season, we were going to be 2-2-3, two, 2-3-2, two, and three, two, three, two, whatever our record is, uh, I would have said that's below expectations for uh, the way that, that uh, he, his reputation coming in Plus the roster that's yeah, but have. you do know what you know now, which yeah. is even knowing you have context and everything. I think even knowing what we do know, I'm gonna give him a B. I'm gonna give him a B. So I'm gonna give him like a moderately passing grade, not just like squeaking by. I think he's doing. B is pretty good. I think he's doing that's really good. I think he's doing yeah. I think he's doing relatively good so far, and this is why. Be I, yourself. I, would, I wouldn't. You know, you got to put some expectation on the first game, and we. Went to LA on the road, went down by two goals, managed to get one back. Okay, we were competitive. His first game ever. We got blown out in New York. And that was really... I'm giving him a B because I, that was as low as it got, was right there. On the road against a B team in New York, a homecoming for him. We lose 4-0, to look completely uncompetitive, com- uncompetitive in the game. We got burned on both wings. We got burned down the middle. We couldn't string together any passes. We had no cohesion in the midfield. We didn't get any, like, we got a couple shots on goal. We didn't have any sort of chance. And after that, what we had kind of been told was that he had this certain, like, idea and vision of the way that he wanted to play, which was going to be this high press and this certain formation. He immediately showed that he kind of has some dexterity with his formations. And we went into the Christmas tree, which was, like, immediately effective. So that worked against Dallas, who was a good team. It was, like, on the road. And... Another game we could have won. We got the result right there. Came into Chicago the next week and were un- maybe it wasn't unlucky. And he might have you know made the wrong subs that led to their goal. But again, he put us right in the position uh, with that kind of pseudo Christmas tree formation again to get in Chicago with a good result. And then our offense looked even better. And then we looked our best so far against Orlando. And we know that that just like fell apart at the end. And maybe he had something to do with it. But there seems to be, like, it, like the reason why I kind of premise the whole thing with how fickle it is is that there seem to be, like, a lot of progression through it and just a couple things tweaked, which might just be the fucking story of the Timbers anyway because I feel like we well, say this every podcast. That's the story of soccer, too. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, soccer's a f- game of fine margins. But I guess I'm getting, like, the vision. I'm seeing, like, I'm giving him a B, I guess, because of the uh, way he's able to kind of tweak the formation and keep that weird little Christmas tree but kind of customize it towards each game. Uh, he's kind of abandoned, at least for now, his vision of what he said he was going to do in favor of getting some results. And I can tell what he's trying to do, and I see us getting better like, yeah, in each game so definitely. far. definitely. So uh, I'm going to go on the nice side and say that's why he's getting a B. Um, B and if- <laughs> plus. Ooh, that's even higher grade than I was giving him. I'll- well, like B, B, B plusies. Plus-ish. B plus-ish. Or like a B. A B. You get a B. Speaking of Bs, Killer Bs was Wu-Tang. We have a chant with uh, Alvis Powell. And we like to say Alvis Powell ain't nothing to fuck with when he does good things. He's been pretty good for us in the last couple games. Is this real this time, guys? Or are you like in a dream where something's going really, really well for you and you don't want to wake up, but you eventually do? Are we going to wake up? Or is this Alvis Powell's coming out party for real? He'll have a bad game again some, at some point. It's normal. He's going to have a bad stretch. You think? Uh, I mean... Did we just expect I think that, that his bad stretches are generally overblown to some extent. Uh, are we in the zone with him where it is like a what you see is what you get type thing? Are we, he's, I, still, he's been here for years. Does he have... But he's still pretty young. True. What is he, 25? Like... 23. Yeah, he's like he's 25. definitely not 25. I think he's really? 23. 23. Wow. Yeah, because I think he's came when he was 18 and he's played five years. Wow. Okay. But I would agree that is, this, this is about when he should be looking to iron out a lot of stuff. So if he has bad stretches this season, 
but I also think that I guess I don't think that his bad stretches last season were as you know any worse than some of the other folks in the team who got you know straight up got benched for their bad stretches you know um so I don't know I don't think you can be a professional soccer player for four or five years and come out at the beginning of the year like he did, which was just sleepwalking through games and uh, be counted on to flip a switch and and be uh, what he's shown us he can be, which is uh, MLS, like best in MLS, right back. MVP. Uh, best in MLS. True. If he best uh, in the world. If he weaves through defenses <laughs> like he did against MLS every game, MVP. that goal was so sweet. Such a good goal. Uh, just absolutely made uh, Minnesota's team look like they were uh, traffic cones, and just yeah. If he does that every game, he's MVP. But I I think. You have one, maybe two of those a season now, uh, a handful of assists uh, if he if he continues playing at a high level. But then you're still gonna have a game where he just gets in a funk, you know, has a bad game, is and picks up a knock. He goes down more than any other outside back I've ever seen. Ooh, that's injuries. a little bit of a hot take. I haven't heard that one before. We'll get the really. stats guys on that. Uh, we need yeah. to get our research department. Hey, because- Marty. <laughs> See if it's true if Alvis Powell goes down more than uh, usual left back in MLS or how often that happens. Okay, boss. Cramps, whatever it is, it's it's uh, it's true. Does he? I don't know. Is that true? I, I think you know we'll have to have the audience call in. Just have to believe it, but not this time. Does Alvis Alvis Powell go down that much? I'm so not sure. is. Is he unfuckwittable, Luis? Uh, he's no, I no, not no. He's fuck. He's really fuckwittable, <laughs> and he's just he's just so fucking frustrating because he does stuff like that. <clears throat> he played really well in the last two weeks, but <clears throat> he's gonna blow it again, probably soon. And I do, I I really like him, and he goes through ups and downs like so much on both sides of the ball. I think more in the last two years we've seen him be better at offense than we've ever seen him yet. But he still puts in a crazy amount of like skied crosses and wasted balls when he's really promising in in the attack. When he gets into really promising positions, he still tends to fuck up. And I think that we're just kind of seeing an, an anomaly. And I think that not so much an anomaly. It happens sometimes, but it's not... More often than not, it doesn't happen. It's a little flair. And I feel like I've been fooled by him enough and defended him enough. And I still like him as a player. But I kind of I kind of think we're in the territory with him right now of what you see is what you get. And I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll revise my opinion a little bit. Cons- I think Because that... I thought he was a little older. Maybe he's, you know. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you think that I have no statistics to back this up? But I don't feel that he and Vitas were, when they were playing together, were that much different in how how much stuff they let get through them in terms of dangerous attacks. And Vitas is plenty older. And I, I just think that with defenders and keepers, that age, that your skills obviously don't improve that much, but your uh, application of the skills gets better you know well into your late 20s and that he can become he's not gonna lose all of his pace and he's a pretty athletic dude i think he'll be in good shape to become maybe you're right though Luis, just a really good mls right back um and not something crazy good like on a world scale like people thought he might have potential to do I think several last year, years, we, several years ago, last year we talked about him on the podcast as potentially the best right back in the entire world. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> we did. Well, everybody I mean, makes is. one mistake. <laughs> he is. He still is, but is he in danger of losing that spot? I guess is the real question. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like we concur that he might be. Yeah, definitely fuckwittable. Yeah. Okay. So the verdict is Alvis Powell is fuckwittable. 
But he's not necessarily something to fuck with. Right. He ain't nothing. He ain't, he, ain't, he, ain't, he ain't ain't nothing to ain't fuck he, with. Ain't he nothing? <laughs> ain't he or ain't he? He ain't ain't nothing to fuck with. He's fuckable. Fuck withable. But you don't want to try to fuck with him that much. Because you might be fucking yourself over if you try to fuck with Elvis. Uh-huh. Uh... <laughs> That was great. Love that. <laughs> yeah, was... I think it's awesome. I think we should go. Uh, somebody, uh, Marty, can you look up the uh, number of Martin. attacks? What percentage of attacks go up our right versus our left when Elvis plays? Thank you. Um, so we have a bye week, right? So we just get to bask in these two wins for a little bit. We'll get back on the road against San Jose in a couple weeks, and I don't know what's happening the next. Is that Seattle? Is that the next home game? Yeah. Ooh, it's gonna be a big one. Um. Anyway, wait. So we have a bye week, and then no. It's uh, right San Jose. Out. Oh, San Jose away. Yeah, San Jose oh, away. Oh, that place sucks. Yeah, it's, it's a nice-ish stadium. They have the longest bar top. They have the like. <laughs> get this, guys. <laughs> they have it's... the largest outdoor bar in North America. There, we win a and first they hand. are serving. You wouldn't even believe how many different types of beer they're serving at this beer bar top that is a quarter mile long on has two sides <laughs> there's six different beers on tap get. just draft beers a whole half dozen how could you even choose here's the part that'll blow your mind there's one bartender for this whole quarter mile stretch too <laughs> at least it felt like it dude like that it I mean, to be fair... It's I not a great attraction, right? Like, it no. sounds like it should be. I just like, remember... It sounds you... like it should be, but it's it's not because... We were there. It sucked. On one side, <laughs> you have this incredibly gorgeous soccer-specific stadium. Like, really, I think one of the better stadiums in MLS. And I say that having been to three stadiums, four stadiums in MLS, but a really great stadium. And on the other side, a you high have number. a parking lot and a freeway. Literally, like, the grossest uh, space imaginable. So it's a little mm. grassy area. It's a bar... This grassy area and then freeway parking lot kind of uh, concrete hell. And it's like right by the end you can see the planes landing. It is right next to the San Jose airport. Uh, and it just is a gross space. Um, and... Yeah. 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 Wando's face doesn't make it any better either. Yeah, but I, you know, I res- a lot of respect for Chris. Yeah. For me. Go Chris. Um... So, a couple of big things happened in the world of soccer outside of Portland in the last couple of days. We've had the first two semifinals of Champions League. And, I don't know, we can break down the games if we want to. I didn't watch them. Did you? I saw the highlights. <laughs> Definitely saw them. Lex, our, Lex <laughs> our Champions League expert. Yeah, yeah. Champions League correspondent. We had uh, Marty. That Liverpool. Martin. What happened in the game? Played well. Liverpool did play well until the end. They went up five to nothing. Salah looked like a man possessed. Just uh, or he's he's looking amazing. like a beast. So let's say so. His is, finishing rate is like, it's phenomenal. So he finishes shots that like the stats don't count as like even a decent chance, and he just like tucks yeah. them away. Yeah. So and, first, so let's so to start this off. So Liverpool. Had the first leg was at Anfield yesterday, Tuesday, and Liverpool won five to two in the first leg. They went up five nil at one point. Edin Dzeko got one back late in the 80th minute, and Parati scored a penalty in the 84th. But before that, Liverpool were totally dominating. So, but it was almost like I wasn't even say they were dominating. Like if you watch the highlights, they just like didn't mark Salah. I didn't watch them. It's it was incredible. He's there hard were two to mark. or three where he's just running into open, like a quarter of the field is open for him. He doesn't really look athletic, so people. Like, I think it's because he looks people, cuddly. That's people, my theory. The defenders are like trying back, and they look back, and they're like, "Yeah, I kind of worry about that guy." He looks cuddly, and then he just like, and then he just stabs you to death with oh his left foot. Goodness. This is crazy. And you know that after he scored those two goals, he just had to put his arms in the air because that was against Roma. That was against his old team, dude. Yeah, he, they. I don't even know. Oh, that's he didn't celebrate. No, and I don't even know if you can say that they like let him go. They were offered a decent amount of money for him. I think like forty five million, but they didn't know exactly what they were losing. But goddamn, 
How would that feel? Well, they got him this from guy, watch Chelsea him for now. cheap. So yeah, definitely. How would that feel to let that guy go and watch him the very next year come and do this to you? And what is he? He's tied now. He tied Ronaldo and Alan Shearer for most goals in yeah, a thirty-eight. In a thirty-eight game Premier League yeah, season, yeah, he's already he's got like three or four left. He's gonna break. That's crazy. It's incredible. That's nuts. But Roma's still in it. Roma's still in it. They were down four one to. Uh, Barcelona in the quarters, so they just have to do the same three zero. It's got to be a little bit of second, a little bit of anxiety on the, you know, for little Liverpool supporters in the club. But is Roma still in it though? Yeah, absolutely. It's been done done two or three times, and they just did it last week. But yep, well then they're still in it. But could they? All right, I guess I'll I'll pose the question like this: Will they? Can they? Most likely not. Can they, I'm but, not gonna bet on it. But could, I'm betting for a draw. Is could they stop Liverpool? Oh, I'll pose a question like this: Could they? Can they stop Liverpool from getting an away goal for a whole game? Do you think Liverpool's attack is crazy right now? And maybe that would be like the, you know, the X factor. But obviously, is obviously Roman needs to score. They're gonna have to be on the front foot. That's a fun that, question. That's a really fun can, question. It's a crazy attack right now. They score goals for fun, and they're dropping them on good teams all the time. No, they one can't for, stop. They can't stop them. No, because I think uh, I don't think so. Either. Stopping Barcelona is incredibly impressive. Like that's not an attack either that Martha. people are uh, you know unafraid of. Like people that they have some of the best forwards in the world, uh, some of the best players in the world. But Liverpool's attack is built for turning from defense to offense in three touches and scoring. Uh, Salah, Sane. Uh, those guys for me no shine. Yeah, they he put it away. They play differently than Barca, so they have much more kind of like high variability scoring at any point in time. So, and then that's almost impossible ask. But hey, you know, like Roma, they did it before. Like I, I'm not gonna rule them out, but like the odds are so low. So it only happened like, but it's not gonna happen three times ever, and uh, it happened last week, and then it happened. When Barcelona did it to PSG the year before, so maybe it's happening more often. Um, Bayern and it did happen in the Juve game too, until yeah, Ronaldo <laughs> got that <laughs> penalty. Until uh, yeah, Buffon was very aggrieved. Oh my goodness! By the occurrences, they robbed him of his dreams. They they robbed him of his dreams. Maybe we'll get into that later. Uh, the other semifinal was between Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. That happened just earlier today. Uh, the first leg was in That's Germany. That's how up to date we are. This was years like we five minutes ago. We know that this sporting event happened sometime today. Yeah. We're generally aware. It was a contest between Contested be- two teams. That from Europe. They were in Europe. One from Spain... Right? Madrid, Spain. The other from Germany. According to the paperwork, yep. Yeah, our... Marty! Is Madrid in Spain? Marty's the fucking best, dude. Marty's got good stats. Marty, come come have a fucking beer. Um, it ended up 1-2, Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich went up on a goal from Kimmich in the 27th minute before the beasts from Brazil, Marcelo... Got one back for Real Madrid in the 43rd. They eventually took the lead in the 56th minute with a goal from Asensio. I did not watch the game. I did not either. <laughs> yeah, but I watched the highlights. <laughs> and uh, I was really surprised uh, on Kimmich's goal to see Navas get beaten so uh, kind of, you know, unskillfully. Uh, he too. dived... The- the wrong way. I mean, he, he committed and it just went over the top of him. Totally over. Uh, but then Marcelo pulled one back. Great finish off a cross. A header bounced once and then he tucked it away far corner from kind of the top corner of the box. And then the uh, really a shit uh, kind of pass in the back turnover from um, Bayern on their own own corner. They were taking the corner, and then it popped out to their you know back two players, and then under just a little bit of pressure, uh, coughed the ball up, 
And and I feel like it was Lom or somebody who you would not expect to to do that. My boy Philip. Uh, Philly. Um and not just tired. uh really well worked counterattack um for for Real Madrid and and uh nice easy finish. That Kimmich goal was nice. I'm just watching it right now. It's good. He hits it well and it's it's a great play. Hamas plays run. him through. Um, from oh nice midfield, but Navas. Now I'm watching all these. Not uh, cover himself in glory on the goal. So we'll see. I think that game's that uh, matchup's still wide open, but you have to favor Real Madrid because they're Real Madrid. And if you guys, so if you guys had to choose, would you just want the results to hold as they are now, out of the possible options here for the final? If you had to choose the ideal final, would it be Liverpool versus Real Madrid? Because I think that's what I'm choosing. I mean, I mean that'd that's be definitely a, not yeah, ideal. Definitely yeah. not Bayern Munich. Yeah, no, I'm a Bayern, Bayern fan, but uh, Bayern, you are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Some people I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna complain <sighs> about Liverpool, Real. Yeah, that's fantastic. Wait, so you what? What do you want? You're gonna to root against? You want to be Bayern fan of? or Bayern? I want it to be uh, Liverpool <laughs> Timbers, but that's probably not gonna happen this year. Is Marcelo or Vitas better? Uh, Marcelo. Disagree. Um. So what? So better at what? <laughs> Being my friend. I'd say Vitas is pretty good at that. He is pretty nice. Depends on your metric. Uh, I was talking about soccer playing. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. I think I mean, Vitas is better. Vitas is way more beastly. What Cross is, is better? Where is Vitas? Faster. Better shot. He's probably like camping in a like <laughs> Westphalia, Westphalia <laughs> on the coast somewhere, and and like he's probably taking a bomber Oregon, hotboxing himself inside of his own poncho. Uh, a folk music festival <laughs> in some old growth. He's probably forest. in a massage train on E somewhere out in the desert. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. That sounds I was so good. Why are we friends with Vitas? Shouldn't have that guy more. So say that those results did hold then. Uh, what's, what would your prediction be for Champions League? That's too far in the future. I'm not, I refuse to answer that question. I'm sorry. All right, what do you think, Micah? Uh, Real Madrid. Crushing Liverpool. It's just, I don't know. It's just <laughs> yeah, the just, obvious choice. I don't, just, know, if, I don't know how they're going to win. They're just probably going to win. Yeah, they probably will. Uh, it's gonna be Ronaldo on a winner. I know he's probably gonna get like a header in like the seventy third minute. Just they're not gonna be playing that well, but they'll be tied one one, and then like there'll just be some fucking a perfect amazing cross from Bale or goddamn one of those crazy other midfielders, Isco or all their crazy players. I don't know. Yeah, or Sergio. They'll Ramos. do it. Maybe Sergio Ramos will head it in and simultaneously. Liverpool are pretty well suited to, like, take them on though. If that is who they are, it, it it could be their year. It could be, it, it do their. I think that more Roma probably would have a, a chance in a single game. Yeah, yeah, they still have to get. You know, I guess we shouldn't write off Roma considering what they just were able to do to Barcelona. Um, still unlikely, but. Damn, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be crushing for Liverpool when they do lose, because they probably are going to. <laughs> it's it's going to be sad. Uh, where I don't know. Where's the final this year? Do you guys know? Kiev. In Ukraine. Is it going to be safe? Yeah, very safe, very safe. Very good. <laughs> Thank you uh, for the input. Um, so, shit, what else do we have going on here? Lost the notes. Marty and the editing team will come back. Um, so, hopefully there's some more variation in the Champions League this year. What we've lost variation at with at with is... What the fuck's <laughs> up with the beer in the stadium? So, it looks like that uh... we've had a Widmere takeover, Jay-Z-style takeover, just like he did in the rap industry... We have a fucking takeover of all the tabs by Widmere, and 
it's bumming people out. Yeah, but the difference is the rap industry was shady and it needed to be taken is over. Is that an Eminem reference? And no, it's a Jay Z reference. Uh, but oh, is it Jay Z and an Eminem reference? Like, what's that song? It's a Jay Z together. I'm not sure, but I don't uh, know. I'll find it. Is it the rap is just innocent until proven guilty. And then I'll edit it in. The rap industry is shady. It needs to be taken over as a Jay Z line. Uh, He's not a businessman. He's a businessman. Uh, but yeah, so that's the difference. And the uh, beer in the stadium was not shady. And I apologize for saying that we should relegate Made Marion. That was a mistake. And I own up to that mistake I made at the beginning of this year when I said it should be relegated. It's a wonderful drink. It's still there. It's still there. But they have far too many Widmer beers. Oh. And they've gotten rid of some of the... Uh, you know, supplier diversity that I really value. So yeah, how much do you think Woodmer paid? Do we just know. bribe, bribe them ourselves? I don't who, know. Who are we bribing? The people the who stadium? buy the stadium beers. Could is be it, that. Is it Merritt himself? And we'll be like, here's a bribe, but you have to get the other beers. It's we'll my just goal. Tell you what the beers are. Or it's, <laughs> we're not gonna sell them. To we're gonna you. give you a list. It's Mike Gola, but he's the one How calling the shots there. And really what do you think a bribe would cost? Like twenty five bucks? I think I don't know. Probably like a hundred. Like triple digits. Hundred and twenty five bucks. Triple digits. It's my goal. Oh, it's get a Kickstarter know. going. Alright guys, with the money that we're making here. Yeah, we can do podcast. it. We can do it. I think and it's important to me to have a good beers. I mean we're living in women lives. I'd be willing to fund. I'd be willing to fund this. What do you guys think? $50. So much, I'll match that. Micah? Sure. Great. <laughs> uh, so what the fuck is up, though, with all, like, what, really, though? Uh, how, how bummed are you? It seems like there's two towns um, everywhere. It's just, like, which is a fine little company, and, you know, Windmere's okay. There's, you know, a little staple of Portland, but I thought that, I don't know. I didn't expect to come to a downgraded situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just think, like, I'm... It's fine. I drank the beer. It was fine. Whatever. Uh, But I don't like that it's, like, a single supplier. I don't understand why that's the case. Very unportland. You gotta have competition. It's it's not a free market. It's the least free market. And it's just the consumers are losing. Do you think this is related to Trump in any sort of way? Feels Trumpian. Well, is it? It's Levy is the supplier, right? It's the company who does the food and drink there. Marty, I don't know if it's uh, if they were there last year, but it's definitely different. When they got rid of tots, right? That's the yeah. Big... There's other stuff that they, but that they did bring back the twelve ounce, two twelve ounce high lifes for. Oh, they gave us a scare the first week for five fifty. It was, five, it was 550 this week, yeah, for 212. Yeah, $275. For, but the first week they didn't even have it. Yeah. So they gave us a little bit of a scare. Well, they probably had people... It's back, folks. The cart that doesn't exist is... Or maybe they ordered it, but their distributor was like... Oh, don't have the hollow. <laughs> oh, have it right now. Um, speaking of high... King of the segways over here. Michael Bradley kicked a soccer ball really high over the crossbar a couple hours ago. And Toronto FC lost to Chivas, Chivas Guadalajara for Mexico in the Champions League final in the second leg down in Mexico. Mm. Um, going into the game, Toronto was down two goals to one. Two away goals to the Mexican side. A game that took place at BMO Field in Toronto last week. They had a chance to go down today and amend that flat performance. They did so by scoring twice away on their own and giving up one goal. So it was even. And I don't know. This is... It's kind of whack. They go straight into penalty kicks. That seems like a little abrupt also. No uh, no stoppage time at all. That is... Straight from regular time. I'm a big believer in foreplay. Me too. I think we all are, and I think, yeah. Because if you give a little bit, you get a little bit more. You get a sometimes. lot. Uh, and 
I want to avoid penalty kicks as much as possible. Uh, have you ever heard this uh, plan where you'd shoot the penalty kicks first? Are we still talking about soccer? Yes. So uh, you shoot the penalty kicks right after uh, the regular time ends. And then, no matter what, you play extra time, 30 minutes, after penalty kicks. Uh, and then if the winner of that wins, or if it's tied at the end, then the penalty kick winner wins. Well, why, though? It makes the, for a much more exciting uh, extra time. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the incentive here is that really it's for the team, though, that would have lost the PKs to play harder. Yeah, exactly. And then the people... Well, because PKs are such a crappy way, and so, like, yeah, so they're going to bunker, but then... Why don't they just whip them? That's just not a good... uh, (laughs) They want them to play harder. (laughs) Why don't you just give them, like, shoot them up with, like, you know, like... Methamphetamines. Like horse meth, you know? Hey, steroids are the best thing to happen in baseball since... Jackie Robinson. Corked bats and... Yeah, Jackie. I, mean, I was trying to think of a good baseball thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but disappointing to see Toronto uh, to, you know, kind of fizzle out of the Champions League. But it's so Michael Bradley. I'm a big Michael Bradley fan. I know he's not the most popular uh, player out there in the U.S. on this podcast. Uh, just anywhere. I don't know who's a Michael Bradley fan, but I am. And... But I'm going to say that this is... I think it's like, because you're projecting your image. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably very true. Uh, I think, you know, my... Fly like an eagle. Resemblance to the bald eagle is, uh, is part of what draws me to being a fan of his. But this is exactly, you know, kind of uh, his MO, which is play extremely well all the time. And then in the biggest moments, kind of crap the bed. Uh, you know, you saw that in the World Cup. Uh, World Cup qualifying. Uh, and then, but then, you know, when it's, the, when it's not make or break, then he scores those crazy chip goals like he had against Mexico yeah. and does something that's just incredible. So, so um, That saying, crap the bed, it's like the connotation is that like, Someone or other people are like there to see it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, whenever Which I... would suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he shit the bed. Michael shit it a few times. So I don't know if I'm a bad person because of this. Actually, I know that I'm not. But well, I don't. Okay, maybe not for I this reason. I don't share in this sentiment. Uh, so I was even watching the game with my roommate earlier. And I'm just such a fucking homer to the Timbers that I was going for Chivas Guadalajara. <clears throat> and it's because I don't want somebody... If somebody's going to win the Champions League, I want it, us to do it first. And I don't think it's paramount for MLS teams to keep winning it. Yes, it'd be nice if an MLS team won instead of a Mexican side. But I don't really take too much stake in the competition between our leagues. I don't get like all choked up when MLS is doing better than the Mexican sides. I don't really care. And... I was going for Chivas. Is that We're out because... of spite because it, unless the, once the Timbers win, I think I would have been going, like, honestly, I would have been going for Toronto. The Timbers had already won the Champions League. I'd been like, fine. Oh, so you, want, you want to kind of save it, save the MLS I think chair? Until, as until, long as that's still there. Until we do it. So, I really, that's, and that's honestly how I feel about it. That's, that's fine. That's totally fine. I think. But you don't feel the same way, probably, right? Uh, I don't feel like most of like Connor was just you know my my roommate was just like you know he's a Seattle fan, <laughs> but That's embarrassing. They call themselves supporters. <laughs> um, he was an A. He was introduced through Groupon, just like a lot of good deals I've got at Happy Hours in Portland. Yeah, uh, I w- I would like to see. Do you feel like that though? I mean, Toronto win it. I don't I don't put too much stock in Portland winning it first. I think. Uh, for that, would you have liked more? Have liked to see Toronto one than Guadalajara? Yes, definitely, because I think that's important for the growth of MLS. Right. See, that's the nice utilitarian answer. Right, and that's, I think that's, that's. I think the Timbers win if uh, in a small way. What do you think, Micah? You agree with me? Do you? Are really you care. are you wrong with life? Are you indifferent? I have no. I have no. You don't give a shit. Opinion on the matter. 
It's like too I small of a chance. I'd but... probably root for Toronto, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm dating a Canadian, I s- so... I see what Lex's point of is about it being good for the league. And... Yeah, I do, too, for sure. That's why I... But that might be a bad person. I would be. I'm not upset now that Toronto lost for any, by any measure. Now that that golden apple is still there for the Timbers. And it's kind of, I mean, you know, everybody's a human. I feel bad for him, but it's kind of funny that Michael Bradley walked up and <laughs> just skied it into the sky. High, 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 high into the sky. On the last kick of the game, it was you almost could sense it in the air against the back wall of all the Guadalajara fans, all the anxiety coming up, and it's just a rough year. People said that he fell flat on his face in that first in that performance last week in Toronto for the first leg. We obviously are never gonna forget Trinidad and Tobago. Like he might as well get a face tat with a date on it because he's never gonna live it down. Or a lot of the other people on the field, but I feel like even more, maybe he's going to be the one to remember the most. Well, it definitely, and I think he's, he's adding to his legacy as shit, kind of. He's uh, he's definitely not trending in a in a good direction. I think he's going to have to wear his uh his legacy. He's going to have to wear Trinidad and Tobago. He's a captain, the leader of the team, the best player at that time, and wasn't able yeah. to uh so, turn the pressing to hear turn the result for us. Uh, so definitely Michael's playing the best football of his life. He he's um not doing his legacy any favors right now, hasn't over the course of the last, you know, few years. But I think people should still acknowledge that he's, you know, uh a very, 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 very good soccer player and has done a lot for the US and, and has had a lot of success like uh throughout his career. But just uh if Michael Bradley is your best player, then you're probably not uh, very good at soccer. You know, going to go a very long way in a competition. In a yes of the elites, right? If you're in the World Cup, you're in the Champions League, etc. Uh, league, you know, week in week week out, he's a positive. Uh, has a huge influence on the game, but. In the big moments, he doesn't have some of those moments of magic that you need. And now to Theo, and to break a little bit with my schadenfreude delight here, we'll have to give him props. They did accomplish a lot. They made a really good run. Um, It is disappointing that they, I guess, you know, if I was going to take that view, it would be disappointing that they didn't get by Chivas, because I think right now, Guadalajara is like 16th or something in the table in Mm -hmm. Mexico. So it was a good year to pick off a team. Didn't happen this year, but what, they won the supporters show last year. They destroyed the Sounders in the Cup, so... Here, here. Well done, indeed. And still have pretty much most of their core, and one of the most exciting players in the league with Jovinko. And he's been a great addition and a good ambassador to MLS, so, you know, good club model over there. Props, TFC. That's the nicest thing I'll ever say about another team on the podcast. I promise. That's as nice as it gets. Um... So, dudes, I guess the next time that we have a bye week, like we mentioned, so the next time we play is going to be against San Jose, who I have studied a lot of footage from so far this year. Um, what scares you? Wanda. <laughs> I just haven't watched, I haven't watched anything that they've done so far this year. Uh, not even a little bit. I don't even know if they've won a game or what the record is. So I'm going to predict... <clears throat> Oh, we're doing predictions, by the way. Oh, uh, shit. I predicted that. I, <laughs> I think the Timbers are going to come out of this break totally focused, riding this two-game high. We're going to, first of all, we're going to break the Christmas tree apart. It's going to be like the third week in January. We're finally going to get rid of the Christmas tree, even though we've been hanging on to it for a little too long. And we're going to beat... San Jose, five to four, in a thriller where Adi scores four goals, and we're gonna come back from a four-one deficit. Timbers win five-four against San Jose. All right. Wow. I can't beat that. 
I'm saying Timbers four, San Jose one. Adi's gonna get a mm. brace. Valeri's gonna get a goal. And my man, Diego Chara, scores a goal. Um, nice. What yeah, four okay. to one? Four to one. What do you think, Micah? Uh, I'm gonna go five four or four to one. Those are both really good score lines. <laughs> uh, ooh. Mm. Wait, what did we predict by for Minnesota? By the way, I predicted three two with a wild Tuliyama own goal. Pretty good. I think yeah, I also good. predicted yeah. that. Yeah. You predicted Jake Gleason would sloppily let through uh, Quintero go on Quintero's debut. And that happened. Yeah, it did. What? I'm going to predict three to two because I like that the Timbers have been scoring three goals a game. That has been pretty nice. Uh, so what we've... We didn't First we started game. scoring one or zero... And then we started scoring two goals a game, right? Zero. Because we scored two in the Dallas game. Have we? We've only got two in the Orlando game. I think it was one zero one two two. So we've only one zero one two two. So we've only not we've only not yeah. scored against New York. Yeah. So first we scored, and we've only not one one, and then we scored two two, and then we scored three three. Oh, maybe so. In this game, we're gonna score four. Oh shit. Four to one. Did you see that? I'm gonna change my prediction to four to two. Wasn't there? There is some sort of other weird. Blanco, stat. Blanco, there Blanco, was, Blanco. There is another weird stat that uh. Quattro Blanco. Somebody had somebody had tweeted too that the last we had only given up seventy five percent of the ball like one other time. I think Atlanta was close last year, and that was against SKC in two thousand and sixteen, and we won that game three to zero. Also. That was a sweet game. I Maybe that, that should be the game plan from now on. Seventy five percent possession conceded. Yeah. What if if that is the plan? Then I uh, rescind what I said before, and Gio is a tactical genius, but only if it works. I do, and yeah, I do. I do want to give you a little shit for predicting, in the podcast before this, that the legs that Man City and Liverpool was gonna the whole le- the whole time <laughs> was gonna result in two goals <laughs> overall, and we asked you why, and you had all sorts of really good scientific reasons. Yeah, yeah, no, fair, fair. Okay, I made a lot of mistakes. What did it end up being? Uh, there was like seven goals, eight. seven goals in the in the whole day. That's yeah. close to zero. Well, that's all. That's On all. like yeah, the cosmic it's, scale? It's Absolutely. You know, two most dynamic attacking teams in the world, why wouldn't they just... How many goals did uh, Man City score? Three, in, the, in the... Fucking two? One. Yeah, two. Okay, well, I, I got confused by Man City and... Yeah, both teams. Liverpool style on him. Um, so worst, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> uh, so next time on next time on is Tam Fool's goal. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. Next time. Alright, bye guys. Adios. Hey. Good night.